We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. God gave me life. He saved me from death. God stays within me. I am blessed. He took my guilt. He's fixing my mess. Christ is my future. I am blessed. He's given his word, his very own breath. I have friends and family, a small group, pastors, mentors, leaders, freedom, purpose, safety, security, confidence. I am blessed, not ultimately because of me. Rather him, I confess. I'm happy because of he. I am blessed. I am so, so blessed. Are you blessed? If so, how? I want you to think of one, like actually think this thought in your mind. What's one way that you are blessed? Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you 15 seconds. I want you to share with your neighbor that one way that you are blessed. And then the 15 seconds after that, your neighbor is going to share with you how they are blessed. Ready? And switch. Now the other person gets to talk. Uh huh. It's a good sound. I love hearing the chitter chatter. It's good. It is good. Listen, it's good to share those things. It's good to talk about those things. Like, God's working in my life and this is what he's done. It's great. By the way, what we just did, that's how easy evangelism can be. It's just telling someone, hey, here's what God has done in my life. He's so good. All right? Now, I got to confess, I got to admit something to you. As much as God has blessed me, God always has more. As much as God has blessed me, I always want more. Like, I'm never completely satisfied. And that's the blessing conundrum. It's like, yeah, I'm happy about what God has done, but I'm still hungry for more of it. Now, isn't that wrong? Isn't that, like, sinful? No. But wait, wait, Bill, I thought we were supposed to be content in all situations, in all circumstances, right? Yeah, that's true. Once again, yes, when God blesses us, let's be happy about that. Let's be thankful about that. But, and we've been saying this for four weeks now, there is a blesser who desires to bless more. And it's not wrong to want more. It's not sinful to want more. And one thing that I've learned leading up to today, especially over this past month, is this. God wants me to expect that. He wants me to crave more of him and more of his blessings. Listen, we are designed by God. Like he made us this way. 
to desire, to receive, to enjoy more and more of God and his blessings. And not just for now, but for forever. And that's what we're talking about today. The fourth pathway to God's blessing or of God's blessing. And it's this, giving thanks. So before we get into his word, before we hear from him, let's go to him in prayer together, shall we? Father, we thank you for today. It is a gift, and we say thank you. God, we are so thankful that you are present in our lives. God, we're so thankful, just like we sang a couple minutes ago. God, that even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, we know that you're working, Lord, because you tell us that in your word, this relentless pursuit for the hearts of people who need you, God. Thank you. Father, I pray that something happens today that is impossible unless you get involved. I pray for something that you desire to happen, and it's this, God, that we would hear from you, that we would understand your message of truth and hope. And, Father, by your grace, furthermore, that we wouldn't just hear and understand, but, Lord, that we would apply it to our lives, Lord, that we would live for you by faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, cool. Let's get into Luke chapter 17. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. We're going to start in verse 11, by the way. If you don't have your Bible with you, feel free to use a church Bible. If you're using a church Bible, it's page 1493. So go ahead and turn there. Maybe you don't have your Bible with you because you don't own a Bible. If that's you, please accept Fox River's gift to you at this time. Go ahead and take the church Bible. It's yours. We know how important it is to have the word of God in your hands and in your mind so that you might apply it to your life and grow spiritually. That is how you grow spiritually, taking the word of God and applying it to your life. And we want everyone to grow spiritually. So please, again, take us up on that offer. As we get into Luke 17, again, we're starting in chapter 11. We're going to be reading about the ten lepers and how Jesus healed them. Let's talk about just a couple details before we actually get into the story, um, his story. Here's a couple things. First thing is, this takes place in the last couple months of Jesus' earthly ministry. Meaning, he's only a few short months away from the cross. Okay, He is in northern Israel and he's making his farewell tour to Jerusalem. He's been there before, but he's coming to Jerusalem for the last time. And he knows he's going to die. So that's, that's a tiny bit of context. He's healing ten lepers, which means he's healing ten people who had leprosy. So what in the world is leprosy? Leprosy is a skin condition. God describes this skin condition. It's wide-ranging, by the way. He describes it in Leviticus chapter 13, if you want to read about, hey, what was leprosy? What's biblical leprosy? Leviticus 13. Again, it was a skin disease. A lot of times it would have lesions. It would look like a rash. Still does today, by the way. Um, those types of things. It affected the skin. It's a bacteria that infects the skin. Um, in more severe cases, ones that we're familiar with, kind of like this, it can lead to bone deformation, all right, skin deformation, and also can lead to uh, nerve damage and nerve loss, which means you don't feel pain. So if you get a cut or some kind of injury, you don't know it, <laughs> all right? If you're at McDonald's and you're in the drive-thru and somebody spills hot coffee all over your hand, you're not suing anybody because you're like, I'm fine. You know, it doesn't hurt, <laughs> okay? Um, if you live in a poverty-stricken environment, when you sleep, you can't feel the rats nibbling at your toes and fingers. And what happens over time 
is get some pretty serious injuries, okay? That's how that happens. You can't feel pain. Pain's a beautiful thing, by the way. We want to get rid of it all the time. But somebody with leprosy will say, don't pray that prayer. <laughs> don't pray it. Pain's a good thing, okay? So anyways, that, that's what's going on physically. What about socially? If you had leprosy, <clears throat> today it's kind of true, but if you had leprosy back in uh, ancient Near East Israel at this time, um, Man, it was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty rough. You were excommunicated. Basically, you were an outcast of society. You couldn't be in the city. You were outside the city gates, as it were. Um, people hated you, okay? So socially, bad news. What about spiritually? All right, spiritually, you were considered unclean. God describes someone with leprosy as being unclean before him, um, which means they weren't good enough for God is a really crude way of saying it. Uh, did God love them? Yep but they weren't good enough to be with everyone else in his presence in certain ways. So if you had leprosy, and these ten guys for sure felt this, they felt judged. They felt judged by God, and they felt judged by others. It was really, really bad. And you can just, as you begin to just think about, like, like what would this feel like to be one of these ten lepers? You can feel that depression creeping in. All right, you can feel that hopelessness creeping in. It's a sad situation. If you had leprosy, would you want to be healed? Yeah, absolutely. And these guys for sure did, okay. Now I want to I disconnect just for a second. We haven't even gotten into it yet. But I want to disconnect just from that, just for a second. I want to ask this question. If you have cancer or you know someone who has cancer, do you want to be healed of cancer? Yeah. Yeah. If you have a relationship, one that's dear to you, and it's just, it's just not good right now, and it needs repair, do you want that relationship to be healed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What if you got some money problems? You want that? Yeah. Yeah, let's heal that. I, I, I yearn for that. I long for that. I wake up in the middle of the night wanting that. What if your soul needs healing? Yeah. It's good to want that as well. All right. So if you, want, if you have a need, you want to satisfy. That's a good thing. God desires that for you. Let's get rolling. Here we go. Verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Like I said, like we said before, this is in northern Israel. Jesus is making his way southward toward Jerusalem. Verse 12. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, because they couldn't come near to anybody. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master. Have pity on us. Interesting note. We won't camp out here long at all, but interesting note. This is the only time in all of Scripture that someone addresses Jesus as master apart from his close disciples. They, they recognize Jesus' authority. They recognize a little bit, not all of it, but a little bit of who he is. All right, so picture this. These guys are on the edge of town, right? They can't live in the city. So they're on the edge of town. And they are, they're, they're, they're there and they can see the people that they used to associate with. All right? They can hear their family members. They can hear the kids playing. They can hear the dogs barking. Okay? They can smell. 
especially at dinner time, they could smell like that, the old life that they just long for. Man, I wish I can remember how I used to sit at, at the dinner table and, and eat with my, like they, they want that. They could smell it. Well, man, at the very same time, they're just without hope, right? It's like that carrot in front of them and they just can't get it. Hopeless. But then they see Jesus. They see Jesus. This is the preacher, all right, the one who proclaims that the kingdom of God has come to earth. Jesus, the teacher, the one who unpacks the scripture like no one else has ever done. He teaches with authority. He doesn't just repeat the old teachings of other people. He's an amazing teacher. He's the preacher. He's a teacher. But best of all, for these lepers, they see Jesus coming, the one who's the healer. And they're like, oh, man, this could be the day. This could be it. Like, I can't believe our luck. We're just sitting here. Everybody, like, we're just down and out, hopeless, depressed. And here comes the healer. And all of a sudden, hope returns. And they call out to him. They call out. And they appeal to his compassion. They cry out. And they wait for and they anticipate a blessing from God that is coming to them. Verse 14. When he saw them, Jesus said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now notice something. They weren't healed by touch. Jesus didn't touch them. And all of a sudden they're just healed. Jesus had done that before, but he didn't do that here. Notice this, Jesus didn't heal them by words from his mouth. He didn't do it instantly. He had done it before, but he didn't do it this time. He didn't say be healed and they were healed. He told them to go. Go show yourselves to the priests. And when they listened to him and did what he said, what happened? They were cleansed, right? Once again, we see this truth emerging from the scripture. Obeying is the laying of God's blessing. And as they pass people, probably at first many of them which they had known before, as they pass people every single step is a testimony of God's grace. A demonstration of God's activity and healing power in their lives. And they're super happy. Like understatement of the day, right? Super happy, super blessed. And they were walking, right? Because maybe they had these lesions and it was painful. So all I could do is just kind of walk. Because that's what someone with, with that leprosy would do. Man, as soon as they were cleansed, I bet you they started to walk faster. <laughs> I bet you they might even had like a running contest. Like, let's see, like 400 meter dash to the next, you know, building or something. I don't know. I'll race you to the rock or the cactus or whatever grows over there. Okay, you know, like I'll race you. And they're just excited because they're so blessed. I can't believe this happened. Let's get, let's hightail it over to Jerusalem because our old life awaits us. The things that we've just been so hungry for awaits us. And I want to be restored. I know I've been like. An outcast for years now, but, but I can be restored. People are going to look at me and actually value me. And they're not going to hate me anymore. They're going to embrace me. Oh, my goodness. Embrace me. I get to touch people again. 
It's been so many years since I hugged somebody. I can't even, the law doesn't allow me to come near people. I got to keep my distance. Oh, I remember what it feels like to have somebody whisper a secret in my ear. I haven't felt that for years. I can't wait. I can't wait to hug my kids again. I can't wait to kiss my wife again. These are some of the things that are just racing through their minds. And they're just happy. They're elated. Watch this. This is how quickly and easily any blessing from God can become a dead-end blessing. Just like that. We can become completely, fully satisfied. Like, I don't need anything else ever because I'm good now. (laughs) That's how it can happen. This happens to people. A lot of times it sounds like this in our minds. Sometimes it comes out of our mouth. We're like, I remember what God did. It was amazing. You're just kind of living in the past, right? Like, I remember I was in financial ruin and I came out of it. Thank you, God. (laughs) All right? You're just so happy. It was a health condition like these guys. You're just so happy when, 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 when that changes. And again, it's good to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We can't let it stop there. Not only does that happen for people, it happens for churches. Fox River, for example, started off with a couple hundred people. Now there's a couple thousand people every weekend that God is using Fox River to reach Man, if we're not careful and we got to fight against this, we can be caught in the past. We can be just satisfied like, oh, my God, it's just done some wonderful things. Let's just kind of camp out here for forever. Let's just stay here, you know. Why do I act? Why do you? I'll have to point the finger at you this time. I normally don't like to do that, but I know we're all in the same boat. Like, why do we think the God who blessed us once is not willing or is not interested in blessing us again. Why? Why? Well, because we're human. That's the easy answer, and that's true. But listen, it's not supposed to be that way. We get so fixated on the blessing instead of keeping our eyes fixed on the blesser. Yes, we need to be happy in Christ. But let's remain hungry for more of him and more of what he has for us. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, everybody say healed. Healed. There we go. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. You see, nine of them thought this guy could be God, talking about Jesus. They're like, man, this guy could be God. One of them, however, he realized this man is the Messiah. And in that moment... He's seeing something that the other nine don't see. In that moment, we can just kind of imagine this is what he was thinking. Again, just his mind being flooded with different thoughts. Here are some of them. Man, we are all shouting, but I want to praise. I want to praise. Shouting isn't good enough right now. We're all running to the priests running as fast as we can to the priests in Jerusalem. But I want to stop. And I want to return to the priest. 
we all are going to worship the Father once we get to the Jerusalem temple. We're all going to worship him there. But I want to worship the Son right here and right now. Listen, we've all been blessed and we're all so happy. But I can't bring myself to leave. I know the other nine, you're still walking. But I can't do it. I can't take another step. I'm desperate for more. I mean, this is God we're talking about. I get it. I see it. I'm not taking another step. I thought he was mad at me. But he blessed me. I thought God didn't want anything to do with me. But he blessed me. And I got to have just one more minute in his presence. How could I not give thanks? And you know what? I got to do it right now. This is something that cannot wait. I got to give thanks now. Verse 16, here we go. So he threw himself at Jesus' feet. Picture like a position of worship. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanks him. And this guy, he was a Samaritan. How is this happening? The other nine are going. And this guy turns around. His old life awaits. He turns around and he does this. Here's the explanation. God's blessing produces praise in his people every time. God's blessing produces praise in his people and thankfulness for what he has done. Verse 17. Jesus asked, all right, so he starts to ask obvious rhetorical questions to make a point. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except for this foreigner? Jesus is like, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad you're here, but like, where are the other nine? What's going on? All ten should be here. Jesus saw two humongous problems. By his grace, we can talk about those two huge problems right here, right now. Huge problem number one was this. The nine, they were completely satisfied with the blessing. They got everything they ever wanted, and they're just like, Woo, we're good. Let's go to Jerusalem. Life is all better now. That was a huge problem, number one. Completely satisfied. God doesn't want us there. He doesn't. Second problem, it's the same coin. It's just the other side of it. The nine were not at all satisfied with the blesser. It's weird. It's like they almost forgot what happened. They were just so focused on the blessing that they received that they forgot about the one who gave it, even though he was right there. It's crazy. That's a big problem. But the one understands that Jesus was and is who he said he was. The one guy gets it. His eyes are open. He sees it. And there's no way he's going any further from Jesus. That's why he stops and turns around. His attitude was this, I can receive all the blessings in the world, but I know 
the biggest blessing of them all is the blesser himself. And he has come to earth and he's right there. And I am going to worship him and thank him. And the fact that this one guy was a Samaritan, man, it's it's like the cherry on top. It's like two cherries on top of this blessing Sunday, okay. And, And here's what that demonstrates. That God came, he lived, he died, he was buried. On the third day, he rose to new life. Not just for all stars, but for those who were rejected. Nobody else liked him. Jesus came for them. To the ones who had real life problems. (laughs) Some that, yeah, they made some bad choices, they made some decisions, and their lives were ruined. He came for those people. He came for people who are the victims, like You know what? I didn't ask for leprosy, but here I am. Jesus came for them. He came for the lowly. He came for the weak. He came for the sick. Here's one word that kind of sums up who Jesus came for. He came for sinners. Oh, man. I'm really glad about that. This demonstrates that. It also demonstrates that Christ came... Not just for Christ or God's chosen people, but for everybody. Everybody's eligible to be a member of God's family by faith in Jesus Christ. How good is the gospel? Nobody's disqualified. I like that. Verse 19, this is the end. This is the culmination. Let's see what goes down. Then he said to him, Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Well. Your faith has made you well. Is Jesus just restating the obvious of what already happened? Well, in verse, um, what is that, verse 14. Verse 14, the word cleansed is there. Right? When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Is Jesus just talking about that? Right? They used to be unclean, but now they're clean. Well, that word is katharizo. That's not what's going on in verse 19. Katharizo is not being talked about. Jesus is not talking about a cleansing of their skin. No. Well, maybe in verse 15, right? Because Jesus, or here's what we see in verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Is Jesus talking about that, this healing? Well, the word that God gives us right there in Greek, right, the New Testament is written in Greek, by the way, the word there is yaomai. That's not the word in verse 19. Jesus, when he says, your faith has made you well, he's not talking about physical healing. He's not restating, hey, you used to have leprosy, but now you're healed from it. He's not talking about that. There's a different word that describes what's going on. It's the word sozo. It's kind of like so-so, but there's a D in it, like sod-so. We say sozo together. Ready? Sozo. Here's what sozo means. It means spiritual healing. It means saved from sin. You know what happened right here? Christ had another blessing for this man. This man received another blessing. I got news for you. This is good news, by the way. And some of us is going to be like music to our ears. 
Christ has another blessing for you as well. Are you so, so blessed is one question I got for you. Another question I got for you is, what is that desire that you have for more of God's blessing? God might have that blessing for you. It is right for you to want that. It's right for you to receive that. It's right for you to enjoy that blessing in your life. God wants it for you. Now, this man's thanks is served as proof, and it also served as the pathway to more of God's blessing. When we give thanks to God, here's some awesome things that happen. I'm going to give you a sequence of progression. Watch this. This is so awesome. When we give thanks, and we see this in a story, we see this in our own lives. When we give thanks, it carries us to Christ. Listen, I was over here minding my own business. God blesses me. I'm like, what? I got blindsided by the blessing. And you know what? I missed about 100 blessings before that. But this one I recognized. And I got to say thank you to God. When I say thank you, when I give thanks, it carries me to Christ. What blessings exist apart from Christ, by the way? None. So giving thanks carries me to Christ. And once I'm carried to Christ... I'm returned to right relationship with him. All right, because I was doing my own thing before, but now I'm giving thanks, I'm carried to Christ, and now I'm reconnected with him. We're in right relationship again. And when I'm in right relationship, it fosters fellowship, this connection. Here's the biblical word, abiding. It means remaining connected to Christ. When I give thanks... I'm connected to Christ. Again, I'm reconnected. And once I'm reconnected, some amazing things begin to happen. I don't cause this to happen. I just receive these things in my life. When I'm connected, God produces in me by the power of his Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I probably forgot one. I normally say eight. (laughs) There's nine of them. I forgot one. (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Right? But God produces those things in my life. So when I give thanks, not only am I carried to Christ, not only do I return to right relationship, not only does it foster fellowship, but now it rejuvenates joy. God gives me a joy when I give thanks. He gives me a joy that I didn't have before. He gives me a joy that transcends understanding. Like I don't understand how I'm glad in this situation. That's what God does. And those who give thanks. And here's some bonus material. When we give thanks, you know what else he does? He defends us against disappointment, discontentedness, and distraction. Like I don't get distracted by these things. Like I want this. This is what I want and I'm not getting it. I don't get distracted by that. Instead, I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. Giving thanks defends me against being distracted, discontent, and disappointed. And you know what else giving thanks does? This is just, it's like, can you see God's blessing on top of blessing on top of blessing? Like it's crazy how much he blesses us. When I give thanks, I enter into the blessing cycle. Because God has blessed me, and you know what I'm going to do with that? I'm going to bless 
He blesses me, so I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless him by saying thank you, and I'm going to bless others by helping them according to whatever that blessing was. All right, I'm going to share. Hey, this is how God blessed me, like we did a few minutes ago. I'm going to do that. If God wants to bless me with like a couple million dollars, totally open to that, by the way, then I will like, I will like bless other people, okay? If he wants to bless me in some other ways, I'm going to bless other people in that way. And then check this out. We know this is true, okay? But I'm just like, what happens? He blesses, then I bless. And then he blesses again. And what do I do? I bless. And then what happens? Then he blesses. And then I bless. And it's just this, it's, it's perpetuation. It's like just keeps happening. This blessing cycle takes place. How beautiful is that? When we thank God for blessing us, we're allowing him to make us more like Jesus. We become even more blessed, even more thankful. We grow and are strengthened in our faith. We're able to grow, help grow, and help strengthen the faith of others as well. The blesser is offering these additional blessings to you today. And I want that for you. More importantly, he wants that for you. Be ever, ever, ever blessed. But never satisfied. Because God has more for you. Give thanks to Christ. Give thanks to Christ for what he's done in your life. Give thanks to Christ for what he's going to do in your life. This is really good. So let's say thank you to him more. You might say, what does that look like? Well, here's what it can look like this week. Okay, here we go. There's three simple or huge ways just to live out the stuff that God has shown us today. Here's the first way. Impact drive. We got one more weekend to bring in food, clothing, and toys. I want to touch on the toys piece. There's a pretty cool shopping day coming up on Friday. Okay, it's called Black Friday. There's going to be some crazy deals on new toys. Has God blessed you? This might not be for all of us, but has God blessed you in a way where you're able to buy some really nice toys for a really nice price and bless some kids who might not have toys otherwise? You're able to do that. I encourage you to do that. Again, next weekend is the last weekend to contribute to our impact drive this year. Please do that. Next weekend is not only the last weekend to bring toys, but next weekend we got something special. At all of our campus campuses, what's up, Muskego and Waterford and online, by the way, should have said that like a few minutes ago. It's all good. All right, forgive me. But what we're going to do at all of our campuses after every service is this. We're going to wrap the toys. We've got hundreds of gifts coming. We're going to have more after you go crazy on Black Friday. And we're going to wrap them all. We're going to put some labels on there. And, 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 and it's going to be awesome. So I encourage you to take part in that as well. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. Say, say or give thanks to God on Thanksgiving Day. All right, Thursday's coming up. A lot of us have traditions in our home where you go around the table and you say what you're thankful for. If that's you and your Thanksgiving experience, lean into it. All right, do it. That's awesome. Maybe that's not what happens in your home or with your family or with your friends on Thanksgiving Day. If that's not the case, this could be something that you could start. Maybe you're thinking, oh, my gosh, Bill, you just don't, you don't have a clue. You don't know my family. There's no way that would fly. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Okay, listen, maybe it's like this. 
Maybe it's, hey, do you guys mind if I, can I just say a quick prayer for us before we, before we eat? Is that okay? Most of the time that will be well received. Right? And that might be a fantastic first step for you and your faith or next step for you and your faith. But it might be a great first step for you when you gather with your family. It's wonderful. So, so please consider that. That's a way to be thankful and live out the things that we talked about. Here's a third way. Say thank you to God today. Have you said thank you to God today? If you have, that's great. Do it again. <laughs> Maybe you haven't. I would encourage you to do that. And just like the leper, this is something that can't wait. Okay, give thanks to God today. Do it right now even as we're, as we're here. All right, just do it. You can thank him for something that you've thanked him for before. You can thank him for something that you've never thanked him for before as well. It's always right to give thanks to God. It's always good to thank God for Jesus. Jesus, you came, you lived, you died, you were buried, but on the third day you rose from the grave. You defeated death. You defeated sin. You rose, and if I believe, I can rise to new life as well, God. Thank you for that. It's good to thank him. Maybe that's the one thing that you've never thanked him for, but you believe it's true. Maybe you believed it's true for a while, but today, for some reason, you're ready to trust. You're ready to trust in Jesus for new life. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for revealing the importance of giving thanks. And as if that wasn't enough, God, thank you for revealing how giving thanks blesses you. How giving thanks is a way that you'll continue to bless us. God, thank you for that. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. Help us to be thankful. Help us to be desperate for more of you, Jesus. Help us to remain hungry, to be ever blessed never satisfied. For those ready to receive you today, Lord, please give them strength and courage. It is literally the biggest decision they'll ever make. I have a question for us, Fox River. We're still in the middle of prayer, so no peeking, okay? But is there anybody here that you like I'm ready to receive Jesus as Savior. I'm ready to trust him. If that's you, please raise your hand at this time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, for those who are ready, God, for those that you've brought to this place, God, where they're ready to trust you, please receive them, Lord, as they receive. They are now so, so blessed. Thank you. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. 
Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.